Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is episode 14 of the Arts Academy podcast with Victor Bernardo and Roxy Hayes. How to sell a TV pilot with special guest Drea Andy Bolt. And what we're, and, and when, and when we're talking about this, like, and you've, you've gotten to the point now where you have uh, connections in the business and you have people that you can call, but if you were starting from zero, what would you do to sell a TV pilot? Oh gosh, I would use all the, uh, all the resources that are online now. There are so many, like, um, didn't you even have, you had a pilot that won the, the New York TV, uh, festival right victor which festival was that yeah the new york um, television festival i yeah yeah, i did have a pilot that won that i won an unscripted pilot for funny because it's true Um, yeah so there's all these different ways in right so it's like get all your pitch materials ready know what the show is know the answer to the question like if you were gonna die tomorrow what's the one show that you wanted to make that you would regret not making like if you had, if God came up to you and said, I'm going to give you a big Hollywood contract, you get to make the show of your dreams. What show is that? And really stick to that one and don't care what's selling right now or what's not selling right now, because that's going to change. But what's not going to change is what you're passionate about. As soon as you start thinking about, oh, this is what's selling right now. Like now you're out of it because there's so many other people that are way ahead of you that has sold a bunch of shows that are just going to walk into a studio and sell a show about that trending thing it's like get to the core of who you are what are the stories that only you can tell that you came here to tell and that's where that's where you got to start right and then once you get your pitch materials together well there's all these places like that festival that victor was in you know um the austin film festival has a script competition that is really respected and will get you in a lot of doors because the question is you just have to get access to people People will open up their doors, you know, like I, when I was younger, I would just email production companies. I really respected, send them something and ask if I could intern for them, you know? Um, But you have to have a really good sample. You got to be really good at what you're do, what you want to do, but those doors will open. And then once you feel like you have something to say, you got something you want to show people, go knock on all the doors, submit to those, submit to those festivals, like, all, all kind of people don't think that they really work out and a lot of them are scams. So do your research, but there are big ones that you might as well put your foot in the door. They're all, like getting on the blacklist is like 20 bucks, right. Or to submit for the blacklist. Like that's a, that's a screenwriting um, site that people in the industry do actually look at and people will open their doors to you. But the question is, what are you going to say? What are you going to show them when you get that door open? So it's like trust that the doors are already open and then get clear on what it is that you that you want to make, you know? Yeah, actually, and our, our very one of the very first episodes of this podcast, if you go back and look at them, was actually with Katie Berry, who was just featured on The Blacklist, and she basically goes through that entire process. Cool. Um, and uh, two things I want to add. Number one, uh, I agree with you about the, w- that when you, when you ride out of the gate, 
you're always selling something that's close to you. The very first thing they ever sold was the Awkward Comedy Show. And mm. that was, yeah. you know, nerdy black comedians, nerdy black nerdy. comedians like doing their thing because I'm a nerdy black comedian. That's just who I was. And so that's what I sold. It was really very, very close to who I was at the time. And uh, the second thing I want to say is when you're talking about uh, different places like different festivals to go to, uh, this is what you're on the lookout when you're going to festivals. Uh, you should be on the lookout. Festivals will list who is attending the festival, like what industry is attending the festival. Read those lists. Uh, uh, festivals will also have, uh, I don't know what they call them at every festival, but sometimes they call them sit-downs, they call them one-on-ones, they call them micro-pitches. Like if the, Especially if the festival has meetings where you can schedule time with those executives that's that's gold that's great like uh one of the things that that i like most about um when i went to south by southwest was being able to like go during the day and they just had executives who had agreed like because the festival will pay the executives to come they'll put them up in hotels they'll treat them really nice and so part of that deal is you have to take meetings with people and so then you can just go and sign up for those meetings uh, well, and, and think about it, like if you're a development executive, the way the town has been operating for so long at the highest levels, most of the meetings are coordinated by the top tier managers, by the top tier agencies, you know, and these development executives, they move around a lot and they're all friends and they stay in contact and they know that just because somebody's at CAA doesn't necessarily mean they're the greatest writer of all time. They also know that good ideas can come from anywhere and that because of their relationships with the agencies, they're always aware that there are ideas that they're missing, that there are pitches that they're not getting to hear. So yes, they get to go and they get to travel and meet other filmmakers, but it's good for their career too, because again, it makes them look good when they're like, I went on a quest and I found this gold you know and this person's never sold anything so it's cheap as shit you know like we they can put you with the right people and shape it if it's really good and if you're a person who knows who you are and and knows what your art is but those doors you know uh, again it's like there is no wrong way there's no right way but if you're just in some other state you're not able to be in hollywood like don't let that keep you down because those executives they're aware that good ideas can come from anywhere yeah, and they do want them, just like Dre was talking yeah. about before. They want them. They want them to be good. A lot of people, especially when they're starting out, and I was the same way. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, if only, if only these executives with the touch of divinity would grace me with looking down upon me and taking my work." Like that's the way I looked at executives. Yeah, but it's not like that. It's, it's and, it, and it is you know, really basically they just want good stuff. And, you know, I have over the years because I coach so many pitches and I help so many people get in rooms. I have good relationships with development executives because I only send them good stuff. You know, I only send them very. And when you do make contacts with people, don't send them everything you're doing. You send, you know, like you send them the good stuff. You make sure that and the cream will always get through and people know that. But it's also like I've developed my reputation so that. When I do email somebody, they know that I'm that I'm really trusting it, you know, mm. and and they're open to receiving it because they know that they have blocks in areas. They have buckets that they're not able to fill. And I've always got like a lot of people of color and women that I'm talking to because those are my connects and they don't necessarily have the reach to that. So they're more likely to open up my email. And like I've I've helped a friend sell a show just because I. 
I was like, Hey, could you read this? You know? And it just, I was like, I think it's perfect for what they need. And it just happened to be. And so it was kind of like that kismity thing, but it was a show that he was never going to write. He came in and he was, he was a comic and he was pitching his agents and I knew him from stand up. and he's like pitching this show. And I was like, this show isn't you. And he's like, yeah, but this is what people want to buy right now. And I said, no, people want to buy you. They don't want this show. Like, so we structured a show around his standup, around his voice. And that's the show that's sold. And like, you haven't seen it yet. I don't know if you will, but that was the one that, that now he's had a show sold. Now people are listening to his voice. Now he's got more stuff to say, but, um, but yeah, I think it's like, it's get really clear on, on what is the story, you know, like stand up, right? People can steal jokes. So you got to write jokes that only you can tell. Right. And when you do that, then people can't really steal your material. It's very similar when it comes to TV shows, you know, like you're going to have ideas, you're going to see them on TV, but what is the story that you were here to tell that, that no matter what, they can't get rid of you, you know? Because that's ultimately what you're selling. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I, I I have a little bit of a different point of view, and but but also remember that what we're saying, like what I'm saying, what Dre is saying, we're talking from our point of view. We're talking about like, right. like what we believe in, what worked for us, mm -hmm. and then and then and remember when we said that like don't think that everybody knows what they're doing and everybody knows 100% how to sell anything because nobody does. It is nobody always does. changing. It is, is always changing. Is honestly, it could be. Yeah, go ahead. It, it's honestly why, like, I felt uncomfortable. Like, people were wanting to pay me to coach them on pitches and stuff. And I, I always kind of felt a little guilty about that process because who am I to say I'm an expert? Like, yes, I've sold a bunch of shows. Yes, I've helped a bunch of people sell shows. But you know what? It's an ever-evolving, amalgulous, globulous experience that mm -hmm. really you just have to, like, worry about the stuff that you can control and not worry about the other stuff that you can't control, you know? Um yeah, I wanted to make one last point about uh, festivals. Uh, mm. So if you do get in, a, if you do get into a festival and they do have industry there, which you can sit down with, then it's always a good idea to have a couple of ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you may have gotten festival for one idea, but when you are actually sitting down with people, they're definitely they won't have a second thought to be like, no, I don't like that. You have anything else? They'll they'll throw that at your feet all the time. Have or they'll, say, or they'll say, oh, we just bought a show about dragons. Oh, yeah. You know, and so they so so that's a good thing, too, because they're like, oh, you're tapped into what we're buying. But what else do you have? So you mm. want to always have a couple more, you know, in your back pocket. And then there's, of course, the shows that I thought would sell. Those are the ones that never sold. And then the ones that I was like, I'm just doing this with my friend because it's fun. You know, that ended up being something that sold. Um, so you can't. And and the other thing I'll say too uh, about when you do get advice from these people or managers or you send your script in places like the script that got me a job writing for Guillermo del Toro got rejected from the Austin Film Festival because I think they thought a man wrote it and they were like, this is too misogynistic, <laughs> you know, and um, and oh, that's, that's right. When you submit because your name is and you, you submitted it with uh, Andy. Yeah, I submitted it with Andy. You. Yeah, and and so it was funny because it's a very feminist thing. But I was like, oh, if a guy wrote this, I could see how it might be misogynistic. But that's all to say that like that script still got me a job writing for Guillermo del Toro. 
So take everything with a grain of salt and trust your intuition. That's really what you're gauging here. Because when you get feedback, you're going to feel it in your body. You'll feel it in your gut. Does that feel right? Does that feel like something I want to do? Or does it not? Like people will give you feedback you can really use. And then the rest, don't worry about it. Um, but the, the, that same script that honestly got me in most of my doors in Hollywood, it was the script that when my managers would say, don't write that, nobody wants it. Like my gut just went, but I want to write it, you know? <laughs> and then when an agent would say, don't write that, nobody wants that. I'd be like, I'm going to write it anyway, <laughs> you know? And then by the time I finished it, those people didn't get it, but it didn't matter because... The universe put it in the hands of the right people who did get it, you know, and that opened up doors. So, but I followed the story that I just felt like I had to make, you know, and I think those are the ones people want to want to hear from you. Those are the ones people want to buy too. Um, another way to sell a uh, pilot, if you have absolutely no connections, is to approach production companies. Mm -hmm. uh, production companies are way more open than networks uh, and than agents even. Uh, production companies are usually always looking for material. Not every production company, because some production companies are hot, hot, hot. So you can't just like walk up and be well, like, hey, a lot let's of them do won't, business. A lot of them <laughs> won't take material unless it is submitted by an agent. Like right. that's something that's something that still exists. But some of them will have waivers that you can sign, hmm. you know, that are just like, if we develop an idea that's like this, you won't sue us, you know? Um, and if you're newer, like, don't be worried about people stealing your ideas. You know, like if you're going to get into this business, it's because you have a billion good ideas, you know? Yeah, there's actually a there's actually I, I'm trying to think about what the name of the uh, podcast is, but uh, there is a there's a podcast where they talk about producing uh, non-scripted content and right on the podcast they, at the end of every episode they say hey and if you want to submit a tv show you can go to our website and submit i think that it's called uh something with joke and biagi uh I, yeah. I don't remember the name if you can maybe look it up it's like a uh it's like producing unscripted with joke and biagi maybe the name of it. yes and we make tv yeah, and, and there's film. so many there's so many you're right victor because because yes mm -hmm. you'll have production companies that have blocks you know but there are so many that do just need good material and they need somebody who's going to be passionate about seeing it all the way through um and yeah and they'll have more contacts than you have and you split equity but like you're not getting into this business for the money you know <laughs> like like the money will come it will be there but like it's all about working with the right partners Look, I want you to look at this really quick because cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna share the um I'm gonna share my Chrome audio. But since you guys are also in Chrome, I just want to let you know that if you talk, it may feedback while this while this uh, trailer is playing. But here we go. Should be pretty simple and. Hey everybody, she's Joe. He's Biagio. We're married, and we make film by taking a very independent film style, hands-on approach to everything that we do. And this blog is all about sharing our secrets with you. 
From crowdfunding tips like the Kickstarter secrets we used to raise over $50,000 for our award-winning film, Dying to Do Letterman. To real-world Hollywood advice, like one idea is not enough, show business is slow business. To the tools we use. And even some behind-the-scenes secrets from our very own productions. Our hope is to help you succeed in your filmmaking career, whatever your path. And if you're interested in making reality television or documentary series, we even offer a pathway for you to pitch us shows and team up with us. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter to get updates on all of our latest posts and to learn how you can pitch your unscripted television ideas to us. So enjoy the blog. And hopefully we'll get to work together soon. JokeAndBiagio.com That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? That's exactly what we're talking about because that was the next thing I was going to say is, is uh, there's no reason not to shoot something anymore, you know? Oh yeah, there's absolutely no reason not to shoot something, even something small. Um, the one of one of the things that we're pitching right now, uh, which is uh, called True Puppet Theater, which actually was also in the New York Television Festival, didn't win, but it was in the New York Television Festival. Uh, but that was made for a hundred and fifty dollars and shot on my kitchen table, so because uh, it was puppets. So, yeah. But but yeah, there's no reason to. Sh- to not, to not shoot something. If you have the ability to shoot something, even even think about like when I was talking about terrible at pool and where I was just going to take existing footage and add VO to that. Like it's a very simple thing to do that anybody can actually do at home. And and I will tell you, I have been in rooms where people are watching something that you would think nobody would ever pay attention to, right? <laughs> like you're like, but this is a one minute YouTube video that is really shitty. But for whatever reason, the light got through the vision, you know, the person watching, it's like, I can see how this can be something. So really you can let go of like, I don't think it looks good enough. Like, I don't think whatever, like you gotta be able to hear it, especially if it's comedy, like the sound needs to be good. You gotta be able to follow it. But honestly, yeah. don't worry about like lighting or, or if your actors are good or whatever, it doesn't matter. But what does matter is that you get something done, you know? Absolutely, the early Broad City videos were not very well produced technically. <laughs> yeah. Not at all, not even close. Yeah. Uh, you have a question from Tatande. Can you read the questions on the screen? Oh, yes I oh, can. Oh, it says, it says, Drea, what do you look for in a good pilot or a, pil- or a pilot that will move people? I lean towards genre drama, but also do dark comedy, which plays with genre. Mm-hmm. I think it's a funny question. It's one of those questions where it's like, I, what's your answer? But here's my answer first. <laughs> you know, this is kind of, this might be like kind of cliche, but I find it to be really true. Um, if it's a pilot, what I really enjoy in a good pilot is when it never, I never felt like it, I was reading a pilot. You know, when it felt like it was like maybe episode two of season two. And it's just a really great episode where, you know, I think a lot of pilots seem to fall into a lot of like, he lost his job and then this happened and then he does whatever. And, you know, when you go to make it with the studio, they might force you to write that pilot. But think about people who read a lot. Like you're constantly reading about people losing their jobs, especially now, I'll bet. But like, what is that? What's that just great episode that like, you know, I've been rewatching Xena uh, and there's a lot of just great episodes where you don't need to know what the, what happened in the pilot. You get it and you're in the world, especially with genre, like pull me into that world, like something like Legion, like Legion, every episode of that is good. 
and that genre <laughs> and that's drama. But I like, I would not even watch that show in order, you know, like, and I think that you're just looking for something that resonates with you that you can feel, but that is everything's been done, but give it to me in a package. I just haven't eaten before, you know, two, I want to taste something new. Two of my favorite pilots that are super, super dense and start at the beginning of the story, but also uh, teach you about the world along the way, but in a funny way uh, is community and the good place. Those pilots are so good. Both of them. You know, I'll say for a genre drama pilot, I highly recommend the alias pilot. That's a J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. He shot that okay, yeah. like it was a movie. And and when you're watching that, it's got such style. You know what the genre is. And each character introduction, like if you want to look at like good genre drama character introductions, I think that's what has a really good pilot where you get everything you need to know about a character, like just by the way they answer the phone. You know, it's like. Sydney Bristow's father has one, you know, his, her fiance calls him to ask for a hand in marriage. And just the way that that guy responds to that question, it's everything you need to know about the character for a hundred episodes, you know, and that, and that pilot really knocked out the, like the genre, the heart, it did all the setup stuff, all that regular pilot setup stuff, but just in a way that I felt like it was candy. Like I was on for the ride, you know? I will also say that I feel like Atlanta was the same way, where it was like a really, really oh, strong yeah. pilot. Loved yes. that pilot. Very stylized. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of our podcast. Trina, thank you so much for coming and rocking hey. this. Roxy, as always, you did wonderful. Your hair, again, looks amazing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, this is uh, Arts Academy Podcast. If you guys check us out at Arts Academy, I'm sorry, artsacademypodcast.com or or alt arts academy for the entire uh for classes that we're going to be putting up on skillshare and stuff about how to basically do things as projects thanks a lot everybody uh we'll thanks see you around you. oh you're you awesome, awesome. Yay. yay good class bye everybody you can find us at artsacademypodcast.com 